Winters in Minnesota. Need I say more? Okay, I was actually raised in Iowa, and though the winters can be very similar, saying winters in Iowa does not pack the same kind of immediate, vivid imagery. But I remember snowstorms, freezing temperatures, sledding all afternoon and into the evening, one more time down the hill, then one more, and then this is the last, and then this, and realizing walking home in the dark that I couldn't feel my feet at all. Snow had found its way inside my boots, melting through my socks, freezing my toes. It was as if I were walking on stilts. I moved my legs into the positions I thought were correct for placing my feet beneath me, and it generally worked, although sometimes the foot hit a patch of ice that threw me off balance. But I could not feel my toes in the way that normal people who live in, say, Mediterranean climates on the central coast of California may be able to wiggle their toes and feel them move. My toes were numb, and the parts of me that were only cold made me long for the heat register that pumped out hot air from the baseboard in my bedroom, the register that I sat in front of crawling out of bed on cold winter mornings, the register that I could sit in front of now when I got home, maybe with a cup of hot chocolate with marshmallows, yes, and a peanut butter sandwich that I could dunk. <laughs> it's good, I tell you. It's good. <laughs> As I walked home on my stilt legs, the parts of me that were only cold and not yet numb made me long for that heat register or even just the ambient heat of the kitchen itself restoring me to warmth and bringing my numb toes and sometimes fingers victims to flimsy gloves that had packed and thrown one snowball after another at my cousin going down the hill in front of me, melting them a little in my hands so they would stick together, which made my fingers wet and then frozen and then numb. I looked forward to warmth for these ill-treated digits. But looking ahead, I also feared the thawing out process just a bit. You know why? It hurts. It hurts. That's right. It hurts. Warming these extremities to the point where I was able to feel again, the very first thing I felt was pain. I would wrap one set of fingers in the palm of another and then switch and then hold my toes, bending them gently back and forth, gently because I had heard that if you bent them too vigorously when they were still frozen, they could snap off. And while I didn't truly believe that, another part of me didn't want to risk it. The process of restoring feeling, bringing fingers and toes back to life, hurt. At first, it hurt. It was bearable because I knew from previous experiences that the pain would pass quickly. But if I hadn't known that, it would have been downright scary. If I hadn't known that, it would only last a short time. It would have been easy to resist warming up at all. 
If I hadn't known that, it would have been easy to decide that warming up was just painful. It would have been easy to choose numbness over feeling. It's going to hurt now, says Amy in Toni Morrison's Beloved. It's going to hurt now. Anything dead coming back to life hurts. New life, we proclaim at this time of year. Alleluia. As if new life is an uncomplicated blessing. Now the dark, cold days are o'er. Alleluia. Spring and gladness are before. Alleluia. And I'm not saying that we should not celebrate new life, not at all. But I am saying we shouldn't be surprised if it hurts a little. Part of the process of recovery from addiction involves learning to feel one's feelings again as the numbing effects of whatever substance or behavior begins to recede and emotions come to life, well, it hurts. It almost doesn't matter what particular feeling one is feeling, it hurts at first. And if one isn't told by a trustworthy source that this is temporary, If one didn't come to believe that this hurt would pass eventually, it would be easy to retreat from this new life that recovery promises. It would be easy to try and remain, to borrow the title of an old Pink Floyd song, to try and remain comfortably numb. The promise of recovery is a new life. Alleluia. And it hurts at least at first. The passage from Beloved calls it magic. Then she did the magic, lifted Setha's feet and legs and massaged them until she cried salt tears. It's going to hurt now, said Amy. Anything dead coming back to life hurts. It is magic. And it hurts. It is new life. And it hurts. We live inside paradox, says Linda Susan Ulrich. Love and grief are inextricably linked as our rage and sorrow, suffering and compassion, life and death. A truth for all times and for many different circumstances. As I listened to the speakers at the trans rally here in San Luis Obispo this last Friday evening, I heard the alleluia of the lives they had claimed for themselves in a political climate that makes that profoundly beautiful recognition a painful process. The promise of coming out of claiming one's identity is a new life, and it can hurt. And in that case, much of that hurt is imposed by a society that itself is resisting resurrection. I mean, really, if the results weren't so devastating, it would be tempting to find some humor in the anti-woke hysteria, a whole political movement gathered around the proclamation that we don't want to wake up. We will not wake up. 
It reminds me of Mary Carr's words from the reading. If you live in the dark a long time and the sun comes out, you do not cross into it whistling. There's a profound dislocation. My old assumptions about how the world works are buried, yet my new ones aren't yet operational. Walking into the bright sunlight from a dark place does not provide immediate clarity. Quite the contrary. There are those moments of not being able to see a darn thing. What Carr calls a profound dislocation. And if one imagines that this dislocation will last forever, there may indeed be a strong desire to step back into the darkness rather than trust that I will be able to see anew. If my old assumptions about how the world works no longer apply, I will need to believe that I can learn new ones. Or I may simply retreat into a place where the old ones Still work. New life is possible. A new world is possible, but it can be painful, disorienting, frightening to step into that light, to wake up, to bring all our senses and feelings and aspirations back to life. It can be painful, disorienting, frightening even. At first. We engage in a demanding faith that asks us to love the next world into being today, says Linda Susan Ulrich. We engage in a demanding faith that asks us to love the next world into being today. We are joyful, though we have considered all the facts. That's from a Wendell Berry poem. We practice resurrection. We practice resurrection. What can that mean? We are all about transformation here, the possibility of new life, of awakening to new possibilities. We practice resurrection just as in our mission we commit to practicing justice. It takes Practice. With practice comes the realization that beyond the initial hurt, those first moments of pain, the feeling of dislocation and fear is the promise of life anew. Ideally, we provide a place that invites you to nurture your spiritual growth, thawing out from the numbing effects of a culture that excels in providing the means to numb oneself, a place where we can gently work hearts and minds just as one gently works fingers and toes past the initial hurt so that we may feel the feelings, feel the magic at work, blink until the sun is not blinding, but rather illuminating the world in a way we may not have ever seen before. We do not dwell on the pain of that transition to new life, but neither should we ignore it nor minimize it. Mary Carr states it bluntly, borrowing from the Apostles' Creed, which states that Jesus was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. She writes, without a few days in hell, no resurrection is possible. 
So yes, new life. Yes, alleluia. But let's not pretend it is an uncomplicated blessing. Let's not resist resurrection because it doesn't come wrapped in flowers and sunshine. Let's companion one another past the hurt because anything dead dead coming back to life, it's going to hurt. Let's not miss the promise of what awaits us once our eyes grow used to the light, once we have oriented ourselves in a new vision of the world, once we have joined together to love that new world into being. Alleluia. Happy Easter. Please rise in body or spirit and join.